Hello and welcome to the Hunters Hub, the video game podcast born of the Monster Hunter community. This is your host, Sports One, and we are we are talking about some spooky stuff tonight. We're trying to at least our own spooky ideas. So welcome, Sasha. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. I'm on PTO and I've got a boatload of time now. Not as much time that I needed to flesh these ideas out, but I'm here. How are you? Good. Uh, pretty much the same. Uh, I'm sorry, audience. Uh, I had to deal with my oldest daughter's birthday yesterday and then my youngest daughter's birthday today and then cleaning for that party all day yesterday and doing that party today and then immediately leaving that party for trick-or-treat. So... I'm exhausted. I didn't have time to think about my own topic. And I mean, I thought about it during the week, but then like I didn't really flesh out some of these ideas. So you're only getting four from me. And I would say one of them is one I put a lot of serious thought into, into like how it goes as a movie. And then the three of them, the other ones are like this idea as a horror movie. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, but like casting, all that kind of stuff didn't do it for anything. I'm not much of a horror movie person. I really, really wanted to, I couldn't think of one. I really wanted to think of something in the lines that is comedy horror, which is my favorite, like Tucker and Dale or Shaun of the Dead or, you know, like something like that. And those are really just comedies set in like a horror theme more so than an actual horror. I mean, like, there's elements in Tucker and Dale that are horror, but they're playing on that. Like the, they're playing on the, the redneck outback stereotype and kind of poking fun at that, uh, of just these simple guys who just want to go fishing on a vacation home they bought. Um, and they end up coming off super creepy to these college girls. And then they end up being, uh, way nicer than, uh, Spoilers for Tucker and Dale, I guess, but like, yeah, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. I mean, favorite it came out like movie. what? It's more than 10 2010. Years old, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 2010 is when it came out. I think I think you're good on the spoiler warning. Yeah. Well, so, I have I've won, and it is fairly fleshed out. I don't have it casted, but I'm kind of thinking it it's gonna have some tonal shifts in it, like Barbarian did. Sure, like, it's one movie and then it's a different movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I haven't watched that one, but I did listen to a podcast that, that, that talked see, about See, that's it a bummer for you that you kind of know what's going to happen because it, it was such an experience. But I'm not the horror movie guy. Like, I don't, I don't normally do this thing. Like, this is... I'm new into this genre. Let me tell you what. Uh, the, about the limit of what I can take in a horror movie is Hush. And I like that one a lot. Because Hush. it is so scary and creepy. And then it flips and she's the hero eventually of herself. She's her own self-savior in that movie. And I like that. I mean, you just made an argument for why you would have enjoyed Barbarian. I mean, fair, but, like, I don't know that going in. I just, they only ever, like, talk about the tenseness. You know what I mean? They only ever, yeah, they yeah, only yeah. want you to, 
And that's not a feeling that I enjoy, and I don't seek that out in a, in film. I would never have. Um, what it took me till earlier this year to finally watch the thing, uh, and it's old enough that it didn't really scare me. I was more analyzing it at that point of like, how good is this? Really, like one of the near perfect movies, and I, I get towards the yes. end, and I'm like. Yes. Yeah, no, it, it kind of is. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, it totally is. But now I, that I've experienced it, I can agree. <laughs> well, I still think you should try Barbarian, even even being a horror virgin, because I think, uh, I, I don't know, I, I am biased, because I, I think I am difficult to scare. And sure. I didn't think I that feel... it was scary. It, it is tense. It is a tense movie. Yeah. It is a treat, though, and it has some really good humor in it that cuts the edge quite a bit. Okay. I mean, see, that, that's the thing. Is like I feel like I don't get scared easily, right? And if I do get scared, it's a cheap jump scare, right? Like that, those I don't like. Yep. And so then, like, I... I, I and I got uh, one of the, I'm not going to lie. One of the reasons why I never got into horror movies is because I was really into signs, right? Like I liked that mm-hmm. movie a lot, but one of the things that freaked me out in the movie, it wasn't any of like the, the alien hand coming from the dark and grabbing him, which is a jump scare or that kind of stuff. It was the, um, Oh gosh, I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, he was the brother. He was, Mel Gibson's brother. He plays. Uh, jo- uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Is that who it is? Joaquin Phoenix. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super, super famous actor. I can't remember his name, but um, when he's watching in the closet, the the news report of like the Argentinian birthday party. Okay. And like the alien walks across the screen. That 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 got me. Like that that like it's the music stings that that that. Because they do that, right? They, they're built yeah. up with the music. And the music affects me greatly. So I hate when they use the music against me. Being someone who, especially at that time, was very musically inclined and going to school for music, I was like, they're doing this on purpose, and I hate it. And like, and it's that tenseness that I don't like. So what, what, it, what I don't know. Like, it's just like, it's, it's always been a grab bag. Now that I'm older... And I'm less affected by such things. I can enjoy things more. Like, I quite enjoyed Hush. Uh, I quite enjoyed uh, the well, thing. Well, Hush plays with sound, I mean, because she's deaf. Very so much. that's, yeah. I think. That, that was unique. Yeah, I loved that movie. And I actually think that I felt a little more tense watching that movie than Barbarian. But I think it's the home invasion yes. aspect of it. The, like someone's breaching your safe space that feels very real right. to me so much more real to me than most like horror movies mm-hmm. do so yeah uh i do remember there are some movies that i have seen that i didn't really think of as horror movies at the time but they totally are uh like the crazies yeah um, yeah i totally saw that in high school i liked it uh i still like it it's a great like, movie i didn't it is but like to me, I don't, it's weird because, like, you get into this, like, horror genre stuff. And with me being such, like, a freaking D&D nerd at the time, it's like, this is just zombies. Like, this is just a, a, a form of a zombie outbreak. A now, I know, they're different. 
Yeah, and and I understand they're totally different, but my D and D brain was like, yeah, this is this is easy. This is you you can solve it by doing A plus B plus E. You know, like I I just like my brain was like, this is solved, and we're just watching how people are messing it up. Cool. I like this movie. It's fun. It's entertaining. But like when things feel like I can like figure out how to handle it, that's pretty good. But like Hush, I was yeah, that was like um. No, you're dead. There's nothing. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you do that because I can't do that if not being able to hear. Um, or even like she gets his weapon and she's not actually strong enough to wield it. Yes. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and as a guy, I don't feel like I have those same concerns. Not that that's real or not. I don't know. I've never tried to wield a weapon and kill someone. But like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, like I, think I don't feel like I would have those concerns, but that absolutely maybe. would be what would happen to me, and my only choice would be to sabotage his weapon because I right wouldn't be able to use it. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know. Like I, I don't like personally. I don't like guns. Right, I have never liked guns. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not a gun person either. So, when things involve a gun in a movie. I don't I don't necessarily like how in my opinion how simple it is to simply pull the trigger and someone is gravely injured. Uh and I don't like that as as a person in real life. So whenever I see that in a movie, that doesn't really trigger me, but I can understand the the fear there, right? Mm-hmm. Because it it's an imminent threat of if it's not going to kill you, it's going to put you in a state where you need attention or you will die. Like there's, <laughs> especially on where you're shot or whatever. And those lucky cases where people get, someone gets shot and they survive it. It's always a miraculous case, right? It, we're, we're, we're talking about those cases where the guy falls on a, you know, a construction site, the a site and the rod goes between his lobes of his brain and he survives. Like we're, we're not, we're not talking about an everyday scenario. Like where you're like, hey, you were so lucky, but you know this horrible thing just happened. Aren't you lucky? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're so lucky that you survived and can now only say the letters L and S. But <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what, it's not really luck though when you get hit with that medical bill for the United States surviving no. any of that. Like you know what, just you just throw me out. <laughs> That's, just throw me out the... with the scrap metal that went through my body. I don't want to pay for this. <laughs> that's the real horror story. The financial <laughs> ruin. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. We're getting too real. I'm, I'm starting to get scared now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yep. Okay. So I came up with uh, lighter uh, lighter horror films. Now, I... Um, I'm not going to lie. One of these literally came, the idea came from a gif I found while I was talking to some people and it's going to take some explaining. So I know you have the one that's super fleshed out. I don't know how many others you said you had. That I just, just have concepts. the ones. Okay. So I'll, I'll lead off with my first two okay. and you do your one and I'll lead off. Then I'll finish off with my second two. Okay. So my first one is the one that is, I would say, the most fleshed out. Now, don't get your hopes up. I don't have a cast. I don't have 
any sort this is all high concept i'm not a horror movie person i don't know what's going to make people tense or scary because i'm not in that genre most of the time you, you know you and ace are talking about horror movies sometimes and i'm sitting here listening and nodding and i'm thinking about like well, what did i watch um i think i just watched disney's robin hood again and then <laughs> it's one of my um, husband's favorite movies Oodalali, oodalali, golly, what a day. I love, I, I, I whistle that song that they whistle in, the, in that movie all the time. Um, so I am going to find this gift, Sasha. And I will lead off with, uh, lead off with describing what's happening, but you can see it for better context. Uh, this is um, entirely Monster Hunter based. So... I have to lead off of that, but this is kind of where the idea came from because it is the game. One of the game's creepiest monsters. We talk about him. He's okay. The but, wyvern. And he's doing yeah. this little over the shoulder. Like, <laughs> yeah, he smiles. Oh my God. Right. Right. He does this like sinister smile. Now it's, it's not having a sinister effect. It's funny to me. I don't know why. Yeah, no, I get that, but I like the horror comedy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. So, so this, it's, there's this weird dichotomy of this monster, by the way, people, kazoo is what I'm talking about. And it has a reputation largely, I would say in the United States as being gross, creepy, and weird. Mm -hmm. You go to Japan, this thing is considered cute. Uh, it is one of the director's favorite monsters. Uh, because of how cute it is. I'm not joking. Okay. Uh, this is things that have directly <laughs> come out. This is you know, just a difference of culture, right? Like this is, and to describe, if you're unaware of what kazoo is, it's a, it's a two-legged flying wyvern. So, you know, we're talking Rathalos, dragon kind of, you know, people, you know, like dragon-ish thing, except it's slimy. It's got this see-through coating. You can see its veins and stuff and its head literally looks like a dick. Like, <laughs> It's got a slit for a mouth, and then it opens up. It's full of teeth. It's like the movie Teeth if it was a penis. Like, I just, like, you just kind of just reverse that movie, right? So it's a weird thing, right? And they actually play it off in the games as fairly creepy a lot of the times. Uh, so back in the old series, they used to do this thing. When you defeated a monster, you got an ecology video. So it was just a little FMV cutscene. You see the monster in its natural habitat. Uh, and the ecology video is the creepiest one for the kazoo. You see this little Kelby, which is a deer, essentially. It's like a mix between an antelope and a deer. Goes into this cave where there's some water. And it starts drinking. And then you see this, basically, it looks like a tentacle coming, just dropping down. And then it just like snatches it like, you know, like whatever nature show, like it just like latches onto it, eats the Kelby from behind forward, uh, just like slowly pulling it in. Uh, have you seen Peter Jackson's King Kong? Yes. Do you remember the scene where the bugs attack everybody? Yes. So there's that part where there's weird like worm like bugs start eating each of the limbs of the one guy. And then one goes over his head. 
yep. which I found that creepy. Um, it's it's like the one that goes over. Yeah, it, it's the, like the one that go, goes over his head. It's like that kind of like this slow pulling them in feeding thing, which is inherently creepy. But then you have the ridiculousness of how this thing looks, right? Yeah. So you start off this movie of this thing is like typical horror movie for me that I enjoy. I like monsters. So we're doing a monster flick, right? Uh, Think of something like antlers or something like that. More modern day where we're trying to figure out what the heck is going on. People are dying. We don't really see the thing. It's tense. It's scary to begin with. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, People, you could even do it like the descent, which I have seen where we're in a cave, right? They're spelunking. There's some sort of weird disappearances. They're looking for someone who went missing in this. Now cave. you got me because you gotta have a reason. Like, why are we? Why are we in the cave? Why are we around this creature with the come to me daddy eyes? Yeah. Well, he doesn't have eyes, but yes. That's uh, what he's, he's doing entire- with that whole facial expression. He's doing. Yes. Yes, he is in that gif. I just, I, I it's, the gif is hilarious to me, um, but. So, uh, so you're in this cave, the, the, the group of people are in this cave looking for a missing spelunker. Okay. Right. And which is not too different. I think is what, when the descent does, I think they are just spelunkers themselves. They're spelunkers and they are supposed to be like trying to do some really difficult spelunking and end up finding an un, like a, an, a brand new cavern that's not on their map. Yeah. Unexplored area. Yes. So this person's missing. They go in. First part, people start disappearing or you hear about disappearances from locals and that kind of thing. A lot of buildup. And then you get there and you get into this large open cavern, right? Mm-hmm. And... They finally track it down. Like it's been drip, dripping slime. It's been dripping all sorts of stuff. How big along is the this way. thing compared to a human? Um, so a human stands about half as tall of it as it when it's standing okay. on its two legs. Okay. So we're talking like ten to twelve feet tall. So it's like uh, a xenomorph. Then, right. Kinda. L- yeah. A little bigger. Uh, and, yeah, uh, okay. it's a little bit longer, I would say. It's probably okay. more akin to the Xenomorph Queen okay. in size. Um, but it's also stretchy. That's a, that's one of the goofy qualities of it. Its neck stretches out really mm-hmm. far, and it uses it like a battering ram in the fight. So it's just flopping around, and, and no other way to say it. Um, it's really funny. Like it's a really goofy fight. So you have this buildup, right? And then you have the monster reveal, right? And then this is the, this is like cabin in the woods when the, the doors open up, right? That moment where the, the exact movie moment in the movie where things flip, you have someone comment on how it just looks like a giant slimy dick. And then it becomes a lot more, of a comedic thing at that point ish. You know what I mean? It becomes ridiculous, right? So, so there's going to be, from, there's going to be some, some dick puns 
all through your movie. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and we're gonna. I'm gonna allude to the comedy throughout with like mm-hmm. sort of like a sassy character that like everyone is just like not really like we don't need your shit today, man. Like we're just gonna we're calling James. I don't. I I'm not. I know a James, but I'm. I, I, he's not like this. I'm just. I'd come up with a name off the top of my head. Like James, seriously. We're we're trying to find a missing person right now. Like just cool your jokes for a minute, and then he gets his moment to shine when it actually just like drops from the ceiling in front of them to confront them. Because uh, that's what it does when it fights. It drops from the ceiling and tries to intimidate. Because it's already eaten, right? It doesn't need to eat you. So, and you know, in the context of the game, it's an animal, so it's trying to defend its home and whatnot. So it's now it's just trying to kill you know kill whoever's invading its space. Uh, that has been tracked down. So go from there becomes a goofy thing. They don't really have to fight it or whatnot. We're gonna, I'm not trying to make a Monster Hunter movie here. I'm just trying to make a goofy movie based on a creepy, weird monster. Um, also, I think I've said this before, but like uh, the Japanese also think it's cute, but partially because of its name in Japanese. Well, we say Kezu, which sounds like the kazoo, like a like a silly instrument that we mm-hmm. use as a joke and things. Um, to them, it's called Fudu Fudu, which is, I guess, sounds cute. So. I mean, I'm I not going to yuck their yum. That's their business. Right. Um, I've never understood it, but it's definitely one of the, it's been said that one of the game directors of the games, it's his favorite monster. And it's why it keeps coming back. Um, so what's the name so, yeah. of your movie? I'd almost want to make it make it Fudu Fudu, just like the name of the Japanese thing. You know, have it in English, right? Of mm-hmm. course, but like just to have no context. And is it is it are we watching things as they unfold or are we found footage? Found footage I think is a great way to put some parts of like found footage of like they find other people who's lost their lives as part of the tents. Cause I think found footage works well as yeah. tents. See now that was something that was cool in the descent is that it's not unexplored. It's deliberately left off the maps because they don't want people to go there because they find evidence of other people. Mm-hmm. Like they find like the hooks and the ceiling of the, from people trying to cross that cavern. Um, so you could do some stuff like that. Maybe they find somebody, someone's camcorder. Maybe they find some supply packs. It sounds like you got, yeah. what's the, who's the guy, who's the actor nobody likes who's in uh, Underwater? <laughs> T.J. Miller, is that his name? Yes. TJ so you Miller, got like yeah. James is a T.J. Miller type person? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't cast him, but yes, but, that but yes, that style, that, this archetype. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wow. Yeah, I uh, know because like T.J. Miller was one of the 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 worst Me Too offenders. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That no, I don't, I don't, I don't want him anywhere near. I don't want him <laughs> in my movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's not because the emoji movie was terrible to a lot of people either. Uh, I actually like that movie. I just don't care for the act. I, I'm very much able to separate the actor from the from the 
from the art, but like at the same time, like I, I mean, knowing that, I, I don't feel like it would be a great thing to hire him. Like you know what I mean? Like there, there's a line. And it's like, mm, you know, like normally, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that Emoji Movie is terrible because you were in it, but I am gonna not hire you. <laughs> that seems like yeah. a concern for the people you are working with that I just don't want to. Uh, have <laughs> um, so yeah so but you're right a TJ Miller-esque character uh, I could even see um, I'm terrible with actor names right now um, he is in Planet of the Apes he's in the first one he's in the Peter uh, or the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans you're talking about James Franco Franco, who's also questionable in the Me Too, Me Too movement. <laughs> I did not know that part. It's uh, a little less known. It's not that it's less known. I think it's just that uh, a little less solidified in the accusations against him. But there's oh, sure. quite a bit. So this is why I should have done research. For whoever the actors are, but you know, someone with that kind of snarky energy. How about how about Sean William Scott Stifler from the American Pie mm. movies? That could work. That could work. Okay. Because he could definitely do the what the fuck moment immediately. Yeah. yeah. Like he's very good at that. Uh, he might be a little old for the the role, but it might work to his advantage. It might work to his advantage. He's the crotchety older 40, 40 year old guy on the trip that everyone sort of like. Why are you like this? Why are you such a crude idiot? Well, maybe like, he's their guide and they're not even, he's not even actually a part of their group and that's why they're not vibing with him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I just, this is like the, the, the idea that I want, wanted to go with them. And of course I'm going to be aping the descent because of the nature of the monster. And mm-hmm. the descent is a pretty good movie on its own. That is one that I watched uh, when I was quite younger um, and I would like to rewatch again eventually. I just haven't. I, yeah, I watched that one when it came out and I, I think I was in high school. Um, and it was yeah, pretty same. upsetting. The ending was pretty upsetting. And I did a rewatch, uh, I think during COVID and I got a different ending. So I watched it on Amazon prime and it had, I think the UK ending and it was a little more palatable. Um, yes. Yeah. Less, uh, Less dark ending. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I did enjoy it a lot more. And then I watched the second movie right after. And. Whew. <laughs> I haven't that. seen the second one. I'm not sure you're going to enjoy it. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty gory. And I, I think it's. I think it's darker. It's even darker than the first one for sure. But that's the nature of most mm-hmm. straight to DVD sequels of that era. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they didn't want to off put audiences, but mm-hmm. they did. Yeah. But so, they did. So they were doing their more daring approaches as straight to DVD. Like if you're a true fan, you know, here, here you go. Yeah. I don't think I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see i might watch it eventually um so yeah i i just 
uh, I just remember the movie that I was actually thinking about that I had seen, not Robin Hood earlier. It was, you guys were talking about a horror movie and then I had watched at that time, No Hard Feelings. That's the the movie I had watched recently. Is that the one with the... Jennifer Lawrence where she's like gotcha. hired to date, date a, a kid who's trying to go to uh, college and just, it's a funny movie. Like it's really funny. Um, so yeah, so that's that's the first idea. Okay. Uh, the second idea has been done before. It is one of the video game movies that have been done before, uh, and that is Doom. However, as much as uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Carl Urban tried to put life into that series in the uh. s- screen, and I will say, I enjoy that movie. There is nothing about that movie that really off puts me other than the fact that they refer to the incident as a metaphor for hell and not actual hell. Um, that's the only thing that I don't like about that movie. They, okay. they, they, they half acid on the metaphor, which I feel is what really hamstrung the movie. Cause if it's actual demons of hell just erupting out, imagine how crazy that would be. That would be super fun. So that's kind of the idea. Just do the movie better. Like, so you you want like Event Horizon? Yeah, or, or, or it's even something like Alien, where you have a squad. Like a big thing of Alien was the squad of Marines, and you know that keeps coming yes. up in the Alien series. Yeah. Um, because Doom Guy, first and foremost, is a Marine. He's a space Marine, and he was like one of the first in the video game genre to start that, along with you know. Uh, Master Chief later on who helped popularize that and even Star Wars has that that vibe with stormtroopers right like people get really into stormtroopers and yada yada like it, it's a it's a thing out there hey space military guy let's do this um, so my idea is that you follow something clo- more closely to what the games do uh, I would avoid Doom 3 like I said even though it is the uh, it is the closer to what people would probably watch in a movie because it is uh, a little bit darker. It's a little more horror focused, that kind of thing. And the movie kind of follows that Doom 3 aesthetic a little more since it was more closer to that time. However, there are things in the Doom movie that I feel this is this is going to connect closer to something like Hush, where... There is a point, we're not going in the comedic route, there's a point where it goes from tense to action-focused, right? There's a a point where it flips, suddenly suddenly you are dealing with, you've learned how to deal with the problem, and let's watch the problem unfold, uh, you solving it kind of deal. Uh, Doom is very much like that way as a game. I mean, you've played it, right? Like when yeah. you're first playing the game, it's very difficult. You're going to die. And then you hit that point where you've you've learned it. Now you're like, okay, now it's a puzzle of how do I do this more efficiently instead of eh, I'm worried about dying, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's so kind of it, like, uh, oh, what's the one? Uh, you're next is with the home invasion with the rich family yes and then uh the, yeah. but the one chick figures out real quickly what's going on mm-hmm. and it turns yeah. from home invasion to revenge 
right? Or, or escaped in, in a couple yeah. instances. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, something along those lines where... Because that's the that's the feeling of the games, and that that's something that the movie didn't capture at all. Now, I will say that the first movie, I really like my favorite character. Um, coincidentally, is also the name of one of my favorite animals, goat. Because I think goats are hilarious, and I love them. But his name is Goat in the movie. He's well, he's the guy that starts turning, and mm-hmm. beats himself to death on a window, uh, because he knows he's turning. He's like the one guy that kind of figured it out. Uh, kind of deal so like there were elements in that movie that were really cool to me um a lot of people just found it dumb for some reason i was like i don't know i thought it was cool but um doom has a very uh we talked about it with the monster mash stuff we did last week doom has a very interesting set of monsters that could be played for both horror and then later action like mm-hmm you run across an imp uh, in the context of not knowing what it is and how powerful it is. It's a creepy spiked thing, the demon that can throw fire and eats flesh. Like that could be a horror movie on its own. And these guys are just the jobbers of doom. Like you just start blowing them away with a shotgun in one hit eventually. So you're that, you know, when the point turns, like the imps are no longer an issue. Um, you see this very instance of this happening in the first Doom movie as well when he wakes up from passing out, having been injected with whatever stupid superhuman DNA thing that they talk about in the movie, and it wakes up in first-person mode. Like, that was insane. That was a super cool moment in the movie for me. Like, when you're... It, it was like a... I hate to say this, but Hardcore Henry, as much as that was a cool concept, that was the whole movie, I fell asleep during that movie twice. Like, there's something about that movie that just does not grab me. But that just, like, little instance in the first Doom movie, I don't want the whole thing in that perspective. Please, no. It's, It's a little jarring. But they did it well in that moment to show that he definitely knew what was going on, and he was... He's just taking care of monsters left and right in that that short scene. Like you see, and which is probably one of the funnier um, homages to a monster in the first Doom movie is Pinky. And that Pinky is what they call the giant charging pink demons. Um, and the guy who was in a wheelchair was named Pinky. So you get him that's turned into the Doom 3 version of it with a wheelchair and he has to, he has a tough time against that monster but he takes care of it in that that short first person scene and goes from there um so yeah i just essentially like i said this is just higher concept and i just want to see the movie just done better stick to the metaphors stick to the games you don't have to stick to the game's narrative but i don't know don't you think uh hell is actually real and it's here to kill you is kind of a scary concept and then but as always with the doom slayer you turn around and kick its ass and close the portal like so who's your doom slayer i think you gotta cast him to be fair i think carl urban did just fine i'm okay with him i love taking another i crack. love him i love him he is such a good action star when needed 
Uh, he is so snarky and fun in the Star Trek movies. He's he, so as, good uh, in Bones. Dread. I love Dread 3D. Like, oh, that is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's, he's, it's not he, well like received critically, but I love that movie. No, he's he's an amazing actor for what he does. Like, I, I haven't seen anything in him that he's done that I've been like, that was the wrong choice. I'm like, he's always the right choice. <laughs> he's always the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> like, they put him in a thing, and I'm like, yeah, of course, Carl Urban. I know, I do love him as Bones as well. Yeah, like, he does so well as Bones. Like, it's, I don't even like Star Trek. I really don't, but I like carl urban and simon Pegg in those movies like they're those both, two guys they're both so you know what zachary quinto is spock is really good too to be fair i'm saying i don't like star trek in general i do like the new movie reboots i think they take themselves a little too seriously um, i actually think it's almost the opposite i don't i uh i i don't think they take themselves too much lens flare for me too though like the the lens flare aesthetic is is a little tiring you mean the jj abrams effect the yes the jj abrams effect for sure yeah uh but overall they're pretty decent i don't hate those movies right and a lot of it is for me did the actors make that i don't care so much for the writing but the actors certainly make uh make those movies now i will say that uh what's her name that plays ahura it's it's on the zoe saldana zoe yes zoe um because i was thinking deschanel i was like that's not her it's it's i know it's something like that it's not deschanel it's okay so i like her in almost anything else she's the one i could give or take the most in in that I, role yeah she's but i just don't think that role's written fine. very well and i don't I don't think that role in general has ever been written that well. I do agree. I, I, they really, uh, they really fumbled with that role, making her just like exist for Spock. Right. Mm-hmm. They turned her into a love object, which they could have done something interesting with her in those films. They could have at least had Spock have need to go through with Ponfar if they were going to do that. Right. Right. Well, we're not here to critique Star Trek. Car- Carl Urban is is Doom mm-hmm. Slayer. Um, I really can't see a lot of other people doing it. To be honest, um, maybe. May- what is the guy? I I'm very terrible with names. Hopefully, you can help me out on this one. Olympus has fallen. Oh. Gamer. Okay, I'll I'll look it up. I'll I I will. Fold and look this one up because I cannot remember his name. Olympus is fallen. I've not seen that movie. That is Gerald Butler. Gerard Butler. Gerard, there you go, Gerard Butler. Okay. I can see him doing it. He's about, got enough of Jason Statham. If they make him silent, yes. If they make him silent, he's Doom Guy. They could, they could do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your... what I'm saying. Like, if he doesn't have lines, Jason Statham can do it. But if they give him lines, Carl Urban or Gerard. Yes, Butler. yeah, Carl Urban over Gerard Butler for sure. 
to be honest, I like Gerard Butler in a lot of his action movies as well. I think he does okay. Uh, the Olympus series, Olympus Has Fallen, uh, I think is the first one. And then there's two other movies. I like them a lot. But, you know, it's me growing up watching 80s action stuff with my dad. So, you know, mm-hmm. take it or leave it. I, it's not it's not die hard, but I think it's fun. Um, <laughs> so there you go. That's that's the, the next concept. Uh, I don't think you have to cast anyone else. To be honest, the game's Doom guy is a solo guy. Uh, if you do the new ones, uh, if you if you follow something along with the new ones where they do have some other characters, uh, for instance, like Samuel Hayden, who is sort of like Samuel Hayden to explain a bit to the audience and you, Sasha, if you don't know, he's this robot that's the head of UAC Corporation, which is the big bad company that causes all this shit. Um, He is sort of like, uh, if Steve Jobs had put his consciousness into an eight foot tall, unstoppable robot. Uh, That's kind of the vibe. Uh, I could see Ashton Kutcher playing that, having been Steve Jobs. Just the overconfident, just don't want to deal with him kind of dude. Because okay. you, you want you in the games, you want him to shut up. You never want to listen to him. Like anything he's saying is is just no. Like there's the scene in Doom 2016 where he's like, in order to turn off the hell energy, because they're siphoning hell energy for energy resources for whatever reason. He's like, you have to carefully remove each lens. And Doom guy looks around. He looks underneath. He pulls out a lens a little bit, and he's like nah, fuck this, and he just kicks it. And he's like, you can't destroy that. (laughs) He's like trying to stop him. And he's just like, nope, you know what? It's easier just to destroy it. (laughs) I love that part in the game, but yeah. So, Doom. All right, Sasha, let's let's hear what your idea was. All right. Not that it's a shocker, but it's inspired Uh by Fallout New Vegas. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I was like, "There's two of them. Which one is it?" Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's massive. So, it, it's it's gonna be Mass Effect. Well, three of them, I guess. Mass Effect, Dragon Age, Dragon Age or uh, Fallout. So yeah, so I decided that I was gonna pick one of the vaults um, because mm-hmm. I, I I think that the vaults are all horrifying in their own way um, when you read the terminals. oh, especially if one. If you hear about the malfunctions and stuff, yeah, I yeah, every those. every yeah. single one of them are horrifying in their own way. So I decided to pick one of the vaults and one that I thought would be um, one that's kind of regarded as one of the scarier, I guess, vaults um, mm-hmm. and harder 76. vaults. Yep. Um, so it's going to be Vault Twenty Two. So okay, I would say this is probably the title of the movie would be Vault Twenty Two. Sure, um, that works. And I envision this as a movie in three parts. And I don't really know which order that they would need to go in. Um, And I almost think we would want to, like, show part of one of it at the very beginning and then actually go through the three parts. So the three parts where it'd be split off would be what was happening pre-war associated with Vault 22. And then what happened after... 
the bombs dropped, this would be like post-war vault is sealed. Yeah. And then um, what the actual horror movie part. So like the third part would be some survivors stumble upon the vault. So how I'm kind of envisioning this is going to start is that we have, we open to a party of raiders, five raiders. They're, they have almost no supplies. They're sick. They're dehydrated. They're starving. They have been wandering through the wasteland um, in Mm -hmm. like the desert, the Mojave desert. And then they stumble across this lush, beautiful landscape, green, big green plants, they're like, there has to be water there, right? Like, yeah, pulls them in because they have to. They have no other choice. They would not survive if they turned back to go from the direction they came. They have no other choice. They have to stop here, and it lures them in. Mm-hmm. Now, cut to pre-war. So this, I would think, is going to be like, oh, I'm thinking like uh all the very scientific parts of like the Resident Evil movies. Okay, where they're sort of just explaining how we got here. Yeah, we're getting like a little info dump. I think this first part here is going to be at most maybe 15 minutes. And so okay. what we get is Big Mountain, you're at where, you know, you found yourself way too early in the game. Um mm-hmm. so we're we're pre-war <laughs> yeah. Big Mountain. Um, and there is this defense contracting company that has come up with this fungus. Um, and the fungus is called Bovaria morticana. And mm. they are trying to put their money in on Vault 22 um, because they have heard that Vault 22 is working on experiments that are going to stop world hunger. And they went in on this because they see it as, well, if we're going to be selling food um, and crops and uh, things that would protect our crops all over the world, well, there's got to be some profit to that. So they've decided that they're going to put their Bovaria Morticana um, and a boatload of money in behind Vault 22. So some information about Bovaria Morticana, and I guess we're going to get to see it like down in a lens, like uh, um, the the virus kind of, but more like the life. uh, Oh, what's the beautiful life on this planet? Those documentaries with David Attenborough. Sure. All right. So what it is, is it's a fungus that colonizes an insect host. And it takes Uh-oh. about 10 to 20 days to kill the host. And after it kills the host, it fully has colonized the host with its spores. And it keeps reanimates the body so that it can continue to spread its spores and spread its fungus everywhere. Uh-oh. So we get to okay. see all this happen to some ants in the movie. Yeah. All right. Now, slammed a post-war. We're sealed in the vault. Bombs have dropped we're sealed in the vault um, and all of these different companies, um, fertilizer companies, this defense contracting company that brought the Bovaria Morticana, um, like think of whatever the big companies that have sold like corn and everything to all of the major distributors of the world. They have okay. put their seed crops, money, everything into vault 22 
with the idea that the experiment is they're going to be self-sustaining. They will never have to unseal the vault because they'll be able to self-sustain their population through crops um, that are grown inside the vault. Okay. And they're also running experiments on advanced fertilizers um, and finding ways to increase their crops resistance to insects and drought and disease. And this is where mm -hmm. Bovaria morticana comes into play. Um, so they, we've got our, our buddy patient zero. He's Dr. Harrison Peters. And I'm thinking Jude law. Okay. He starts to he feel can do that. he's starting to yeah. feel a little, little little tickle in his chest, little little mucus build up, little you know, like feeling feeling a little little down, a little under the weather, and he's running these experiments on pesticides. And he goes to the goes to the clinic and he's like, Hey, you know, I haven't been feeling well. And they're like, you know, it's a common symptom um, with the recycled air that we're using that you're going to feel, you know, you're going to get some like flu cold, like symptoms, but you know, rest assured mm -hmm. we've got what you need. They give him some, um, give him some basic stuff that would, you know, for bronchitis, give him a little breathing treatment, send him on his way. He wakes up the next morning and he's got like chills, fever, cough. He's like full body, like racking coughs. He is sick. Yeah. Um, so they're like, yeah, man, hey, you don't got to go to work. We'll take you back to the clinic. We're going to figure out what's going on. Um, he mm -hmm. starts to get really sick in the clinic. They tried all these different medications. He's resistant to it. They give him antifungal medications because they start to see in his blood work that he's got a fungus. Yeah. Um, but by then, it's too late. Because he's been coughing all over the fucking place, spreading spores. Yeah. So uh -huh. within about a day, all the people working in the clinic have got a little tickle in their chest. Um, within a week, Jude Law, he's got organ failure. He is like, he's on death's door. He's, uh, yeah, he's, a, he's, he's on his way out. He's yeah. on his way out, right? Um, mm -hmm. So... He dies of organ failure, but his body mm -hmm. just keeps shambling around the med, med clinic. Mm. Mm. Bovaria morticana. So, gotcha. um, kick to present day. Well, right? wait, hold please. They're just shambling okay. around and like coughing all over the place. So at this point, about everybody on the, this floor, it's like the lower floor of the vault, um, have flu-like symptoms, and the rest of the people have quarantined. They have cut this vault, this section of the vault off. They are sealed sure. down there. And they're just shambling down there. Um, not nothing, no drama. No, no one's, none of the bodies are attacking each other um, because they're all dead. But they're just shambling. So think like Walking Dead spore bodies, green-eyed spore bodies. Um, yeah. They, the survivors up there, decide that they need to try to kill what's down there because there's still supplies and things that they need. So they decide that they're going to flood the lower level of the vault with oxygen and they're going to try to ignite it. Oh. So okay. they do this. And what ends up happening is they actually send them into like a frenzy. Um, 
and they break through the sealed vault and they begin ripping the limbs of the survivors apart. Yeah. Now we cut to present day and our raiders. Okay. So it's like 200, you know, it's like 200 years later. This yeah. vault's been um, mostly unchecked. Oh, before we cut to the present day, we do see that some of the survivors unseal the vault and escape. Oh. So this is how okay. Vault 22 is open. Gotcha. So 200 years later, um, the vault's been just growing. All the crops and things have grown wild and like nature has overtaken the inside of the vault. Um, and because sure. the vault door was left open, it's spilling out now into the into the desert. Sure. So they are our raider party that we have found. Um, and I don't really know. I feel like I have no idea who would cast any of them, but they're not like good people. We don't like them. We don't we're not really like gunning for any any of them really to survive. Um, mm-hmm. They. They decide they're going to go in, um, and they do see that there's water. Um, like, three of them are immediately suspicious, though. They're like, why is this here? Like, why is this just wide open? No one's defending this. Like, is is this real? Like, what's going on? So they're immediately suspicious, but the other two in the party, they drink the water immediately. Um, the other three, they boil the water they drink it. But mm-hmm. in the process of actually collecting water, one of them gets spored by a plant. Oh, okay. Which is not really a plant. It's a fungus. It's one of those shamblers and it's crouched down, creeped down like in the corner and it's blended in with the foliage cuz it's completely covered in like moss and shit. Okay. So it's like a human looking, humanoid looking thing that like coughs. He- Human ghillie suit. Yes, yes. So so one of them gets spored in the process of collecting water and starts to show symptoms. Um, And then they all think it's in the water. So they're like Mm -hmm. not not eating and drinking anything now in in there. But they still have to stay overnight because like whatever reason that they need to, they do. Um, Yeah. And one of them starts to get really sick by the next day. Um, And he's coughing all over the place. And then it starts to spread to the rest of them. Um, The two two of them have no symptoms, are blocking themselves off from everybody else, and have kind of decided that, like, you guys are dead weight. We're going to die here with you if we stay here. And have kind of come up with some plan to sabotage them. Um, And in doing so... um, the ghillie suit humanoids reveal themselves and it turns into like an all out bloodbath in there. Sure. Yeah. So that's my, that's my uh, horror movie is. Oh, okay. Vault 22. Um, The sports walking dead people. I don't know if I haven't decided if any of the Raiders survive, maybe one of them do survive. And that's how all the signs end up outside of vault 22. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Huh. So I, I made an observation while you're talking about this. Okay. You're wearing mushrooms on your shirt. I'm wearing, well, kind of. I have 
it, it's a skeleton dancing oh, in a Dave. mushroom flower valley. Gotcha. Okay. I am wearing a Doom shirt today, too. So. Oh, so perfect. It's just like yeah. in line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, is that mushrooms on your shirt? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I, you know, I, I knew Ace would like this because it's, it's given Last of Us vibes with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With with the uh, spores and and the fungal infection, that's a popular thing lately. Since you know we have a, as a pop culture have figured out about the brain uh, taking over fungus because uh, we saw it in ants, yeah. uh, like in ants and stuff. That's become a thing. So I would it would work. I could see it working. I could see I could see that being a a, a horror movie because. We've got the show for The Last of Us now, but I don't think we have a fungal takeover movie yet. I don't think so. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, but yeah, Fallout was was predictable. But there's a lot of good horror in Fallout. Well, here, here, my monster brain is thinking is like, a death claw got in. That's what I'm thinking. Like... There's yeah, I mean there's a a place in Fallout Four that has it's supposed to be haunted. It's in Salem, and mm -hmm. it's like the Witch Museum, and you go in there and there's like weird shit happening. Stuff's moving around on the shelves. You hear weird noises, and there's no enemies. There's just dead shit on the floor, and you're like, what is mm. this? And then you get around. Uh, move through the whole area, get into the center of the building, and there's a death claw that, that's bigger than the whole, like, any entrance, like, any doorway oh, wow. in the middle of the room. And it's hmm. blind. Yeah. That's a creepy thing. It was. Death claws are creepy. Yeah. Death claws are just creepy. It was incidentally the first death claw I, I came across in Fallout 4, and coming off of New Vegas, death claws will fuck your whole world up. So I was like... <laughs> Oh God! And I was not—I didn't think I was prepared for that. But Fallout Four death claws are softer. There. Yeah. There. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So my my next two, um, I am very adamant uh, about certain aspects of these. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, uh, again, it's just mostly series that I want to see done some justice, but. You can definitely spin these as horror. Uh, and the first one uh, of these next two, uh, obviously, big Diablo fan, been talking about it a lot. I have completely finished season two of Diablo 4. Uh, I have beaten the Echo of Lilith, which is the level 100 version of her. It's supposed to be the pinnacle of challenge. Uh, so, like, been playing a lot of Diablo. And one of the things I thought of is there's Diablo 1 as far as horror goes, is the king of the whole series. That's where the iconic butcher comes from. That's where we have a lot of the very uh, dark themes in the series uh, originating. So what I want to see is kind of, kind of like what you were saying, where we have a couple parts leading up to the events of Diablo 1. Because there is some backstory that needs filtering out to sort of flesh out some of the more 
scary enemies, right? So the events that, and Diablo 3 actually does a lot uh, to explain sort of retroactively, but also uh, help explain the events of Diablo 1 a little better than the game did. The game, your three of you go down, you hear a bunch of scary shit in the cathedral, figure out the cathedral has a stairway essentially all the way down to hell through all these things. Like, uh, and it's playing on that religious horror, uh, aspect of like, you know, why are demons pouring out of the church of all things? So you have some major players that do need casted. Uh, and I would say I would, I, I like the idea and Diablo did Diablo one and two did this very well. And I think they've continued it in three and four to a degree is canonically throughout the series if there are character classes one of each class is who won all three you know all the classes went down worked as a team and won because it's a multiplayer game uh largely you see it a lot in the artwork for diablo 2 you see like all of them fighting diablo uh you know everyone the whole class roster um so what you have in Diablo 1, and I'm not going to consider the Hellfire expansion. It wasn't official anyways. It was made by an entirely different company, and they didn't really add any new models or whatever. So you have the Rogue, the Mage, and the Warrior. Uh, and they end up being important players in Diablo 2, all three of them, in some aspect. Uh, two of them being enemy, well, all three of them being enemies, essentially because they fall to corruption because that is a big theme in Diablo is you don't you defeat the evil but you don't escape it uh is kind of the deal especially in the earlier games um but you have to so you have to have the three classes you have to have uh, and one of them is super important because it's going to be the son of the king Leoric and king Leoric is the only one I really have a solid casting for because uh, he's an older man who established a religious sort of like kingdom in Tristram. Uh, he doesn't, he came from a large like jungle kingdom and moved his capital to this small prairie town with a church. And it's supposed to be very suspicious uh, for a lot of people. Uh, or and behold, because he's his best advisor is actively working against him uh, having Diablo in his ear, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, so he casts him as? So the King Leoric is Kurt Russell. I think yes. Kurt Russell can do yes. a very nice, kind, heroic king that has a quick downturn. Very quick. Uh, they start calling him the Mad King Leoric. He starts slaughtering people for going against him, and he used to be known as a good and benevolent king. Um, you have to have uh, you have to have the younger brother of the warrior uh, casted. I don't know a lot of childhood actors, but you're going to have to have a young childhood actor um, that's probably in his early teens that kind of fits this role. He essentially becomes the vessel for Diablo. Um, and then you have to have Archbishop Lazarus and Archbishop Lazarus, Lazarus is a very conniving and very, he's been the one that actually has been talking to Diablo the whole time is the advisor. Uh, he is a 
boss that is uh, in the game. So Archbishop Lazarus, uh, probably... I could see the guy who play. I don't know his name at all. I don't think I've ever heard it. Uh, the guy who plays Loki. That sort of deceptive... Tom Hiddleston? Tom Hiddleston. I, I was thinking the uh, the guy that plays... Uh, Aiden Quinn, the guy that plays Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. You could have that, too. That would work as well. Um, very, You have to have a, a conniving look about you. Um, and it's, it's hard not to... You know, I, it's hard to cast people not within something you've already seen. But like I, you know, like I, that's what I think of when I think of this role, mm-hmm. Archbishop mm-hmm. Lazarus. You have a priest that is of the Zacharum faith, which is their faith. Uh, that and we'll just—it's a generic faith in the game. You don't have to know a ton about it. We don't have to give a big backstory on the religion. But he's also the highest advisor to the king. They—you could have some throwaway roles for some other people, like the King of Westmarch. But essentially. The reason why the warrior is gone and things happen and get out of Ray, all of these these knights, they literally send all of their forces in a fight against Westmarch. And Westmarch is a huge city-state. We're talking, like, biggest on the continent, right? And they decide, Archbishop Lazarus says, hey, they're going to wipe us out if we don't attack first. So... They go attack. It's an utter disaster of a failure. You get like not only all of their troops almost completely wiped out. You only get like a full like a, a like a maybe like 15, 16 people who get to return. One of them is the main care, the, the main character in the game, the warrior. And the other one, one of some of the other ones are some of the higher advisors who sort of escape. Uh, Specifically, Locke Dannon. Locke Dannon is a very important character uh, as well. He is uh, sort of like the martial right hand of the king who gets sent away in this war as well. And he would be uh, Aiden, who's the warrior's uh, commander as well. So that's probably... I don't, I, don't, I don't really know who that would be, per se, um, I think I would want someone who's a bit older, like 40s or 50s in that sort of role, uh, but could still be super fit for it. But I don't really know who that would be. Um, in their 40s or 50s, but super fit. The Rock? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could do The Rock. I think he'd be a little over top for this more of a serious sort of like... Because the thing is, we're talking about horror, right? This is all backstory that we're learning about to lead us into the horror. Some of the horror is going to be what's happening to Lyric's son becoming the vessel for Diablo. The whispers, all the demonic possession stuff. I got, Um, okay, I'm thinking for that one, Noah Schaap. The kid, the Stranger Things kid, he's, I mean, he's a teen. He's like, I think he's got to be 21 now, but. He looks still I mean, he like could he's probably, like 17 still. He could pull it off. He needs definitely certainly needs to be like weak and skinny looking. Yes. Like that's, yes, that's, yes. Yes. That's yes. the big, that's the big thing. He's got a little bit. Yeah. He's a little older now, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Someone, someone like that. Um, Lock Dannon doesn't have to be like a super buff guy, but Lock Dannon does have to be like, okay. you, you can tell he can get shit done. Okay. Um, 
in their 40s or 50s and they can get shit done. Hmm. I might hmm. have to I might have to consort Google on this one. We did do a casting thing at one point. I should have <laughs> thought of that. Hmm. Here we go. I'm just going to type it in in their 40s. What? What? Huh? I said in their 40s, and I'm getting people who are, uh, like, I don't know, Sylvester Stallone, who's 77? I can't, yeah, miss me with that. In their 40s. Uh, you know what? I could see Tom Hardy doing it. He's a little more comedic, but Tom Hardy. Yeah. Doing a little more of a serious thing. Um, I only feel he's more comedic uh, because of his Venom roles. But... Yeah. Uh, hey, John, y'all Queen Phoenix showed up. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, no, no, thank you. Um, mm, trying to figure this out. Sorry. Uh, Jesus, there's a lot of people. Oh, you know what? I could see that happening. Benedict Cumberbatch, he'd be a bit of a weird choice, but I could see him playing a righteous. Because that's that's Locke Dannon's thing. His loyalty is to the kingdom above the king, even. So that Bene like that self-confident, I need to do this for the kingdom kind of thing. I could see that coming from Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, you know what? Who would be a good locked in or not locked in? Uh, sorry. Um, I feel would be a good uh, Lazarus as well. Even though we already cast that, James Marsden is there. I like James Marsden as an actor. I could see him playing a more devious role. He's always been a lot of happy-go-lucky things lately. But I think he did the tortured Cyclops pretty well in the X-Men movies. I, I could see him <laughs> being a little bit more of a conniving role. Um, but yeah, so basically you have these actors who sort of set into a... Like, you have a lot of backstory that I don't want to focus too much on, even though I did for casting or whatever. Um, basically, the horror of it is, A, you have a demonic possession of a small child, mm -hmm. uh, teen. We could, we, could, uh, we could bump it up to a teen. You have the horror of the adventurers who come to Tristram to see just what happened to the town because now it's down to like seven people when it was a functional town before. Um, and they're the last holdout. Uh, and what have just happened like we're saying within the last couple of days is the effects of the butcher. So the nightmares that they endured, the last sort of vestiges of the townsfolk going down there to sort of like figure out what's going on. And then people coming back with missing limbs and tacked to death and stuff. And then you're like, Oh crap, we got to go down there. And so the Diablo one events, I would probably more focus on the horror of what's happening and then their darker descent down. And I wouldn't focus too much on a lot of the fights, but you do have to focus on two fights in three or four fights in particular, I would say. The butcher uh, is is a big sort of introductory first fight. Then you have to deal with the Mad King Laoric, who has turned into now what they call the, the Black King or the Skeleton King. He has fully turned evil. 
He has risen from the dead after locked Dan and killed him. Uh, because he is just like that, uh, possessed by Diablo, not possessed by Diablo. His son is, but he is that tragic of a, of a story that he rises and fully commits to evil. Uh, and then you, you sort of go through these, these weird stages of where the catacombs and the caves where nothing really happens, but then you get down into the actual hell levels and that's where you fight Lazarus and then finally Diablo. So having sort of those struggles, you would eventually end up it's in the, in the end, it ends up being victorious, but it's one of those like, uh, what was the Tarantino vampire movie? What was that one called? From dusk till dawn. From dusk till dawn. It kind of has one of those endings where uh, it's not a fun ending. Like the three of them defeat Diablo. Cool. We're good. And then uh, it sort of ends. The game ends with them taking the soul stone, which is Diablo's possession object, essentially. And in order to contain Diablo, he shoves it into his own forehead. Aiden does. Uh with the other two people sort of like agreeing with the decision, which uh, as a player and everyone knows that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Like it's a real bad idea. And that's what actually sets in, in motion the events of Diablo two. So you could, it's a very tragic story that could be told in a very dark way. The game is very dark and I think you, you could do do the game justice that way. Um, and not make it very action focused very much make it like we barely got through this like how are we going to deal with these monstrous things and why not but I don't know it's my video game brain I don't know how to turn that into a great movie but I just you know just the idea now this next one it's a lead up to what happens in the game it's okay. not the actual game, but have you ever played or are you familiar with Oddworld? I'm familiar with it. So Abe's Odyssey, the first one, where Abe escapes Rupture Farms because he learns that all the Mudokins are become, going to become Mudokin Pops. Um, so now th- have you seen the movie Snowpiercer? Yes, I have. <laughs> And I love that line. He's like, I hate that I know that babies are the sweetest meat or whatever he says. Yeah. Um, Yes. Uh, So what I kind of want, this is one that I could see more spinning towards the comedy end because of how Abe's personality is. Mm -hmm. Right. He is full in this backstory. He is fully committed to being employee of the month. That is his goal. Even though he has no cons, he's raised as a slave. He has no other idea of what's going on, right? And it's only after sort of having this wake-up call of spying in on the investor meeting uh, of Rupture Farms that he's seeing the executives start talking about Mudokin pops because they've basically been driving the scrabs and the paramites to extinction from meat processing. Um. So there's a lot of themes because like horror also likes to play with themes, right? Right. So you have themes of a slavery being a horrific and terrifying experience for the people enduring it. 
B, you have themes of uh, the destruction of nature, uh, just utter wipeout of species and that kind of thing uh, on top of all of that. And then C, just the general horror of just trying to escape that kind of thing. And you can do a lot of, a lot more industrial horror with this thing because he lives and works in a factory. That's his life. Uh, there is no downtime. There is no off time. You work, you go to bed, you eat, you die, you, you're like, you go to sleep. People are being died from, you know, people are dying from exhaustion and being beaten to death by the guards. Like it's not a, but they play off the game. as so this like comedy. So you kind of have this idea of like Abe who doesn't take this stuff seriously. Uh, then he becomes the most serious about it eventually, but it's sort of like his like, well, here it's just like the everyday happy go lucky experience at Rupture Farms, my favorite workplace. And just sort of like that, that um, juxtaposition of his attitude and what he's handling. You know what I mean? I'm Almost like zombie it. land. Yeah. Or I was picturing like Shaun of the Dead where, you know, you got him like, kind of just moving through zombie like his day because he's so like apathetic about everything and then yeah. the next day when he moves through it and you can like see all the zombies and shit around him and he's still just yeah. like moving through it like it's not happening but I'm picturing like the opposite of that where like he goes through his day his work day and it's like even though it's so horrific it's all sunshine and rainbows for him and then the yes. next day He's like woke, so he's seeing like what's actually happening around him. Yes, yes. Uh, so I don't. So I don't want this game to be or this movie to be like the game where it is just following the exact events of the game, mm -hmm. right? Because the exact events of the game—that's the lead up. You start at the escape. You escape Rupture Farms. You learn about your destiny to free all the other Mudokins. You then. Uh, consult the the you get the power the blessing of essentially from the paramites and the scrabs to sort of like release and destroy rupture farms and you essentially become kind of like a freedom fighter at mm -hmm. that point in in the series i want the lead up that is sort of like the comedy horror into that moment discovering what's going on right mm -hmm. so maybe do some of the some of the stuff where he's like now he's woke and then mm -hmm. he's understanding what's going on. Um, because in the game, he just snaps right then and there and just leaves. So he doesn't know what to do, so he just runs. Uh, and I'm okay with that approach that the game takes, but you could take your approach where he has to sort of think it over after a day. And then maybe he's just at one point, you know, he's now woke, right? And he's doing his floor scrubber that is in that scene. And then he just like, I have to get out of here. And then he just like runs and maybe that's the end of the movie. Uh, and, it, and it starts from there. Mm -hmm. um, but I do want this to be a little more lighthearted, but come with that horror attached to it. Again, I'm a huge fan of Tucker and Dale. And I, th anytime I think of lighthearted with com comedy and horror at the same time, where they're aware of what's going on and they're freaked out by it, but they're also saying some really funny shit along the way. Like, or it could just be like of the Cornetto trilogy vibe 
like Simon Pegg is on. Yeah. Is is our guy Abe? Abe. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm here for it. He's got a slacker best friend, who is definitely yeah. not the employee of the month. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Um, yeah, I, I'm just, I, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm seeing the, the, uh, Shaun of the Dead vibe there too. I could see that. Um, uh, but yeah, you like, just like the horrible things that like, that, that are just obvious. Right. And it's, ob- yeah. it's not even just, it's not even just the slavery. It's also just the existential industrial horror. Like we don't, I don't see a lot of that. Right. Right. Where it's like the whole, the whole world is industrialized and, corporate horror like that kind of stuff your job you're stuck in it and you're like that kind of stuff too mm-hmm. which is you know it has allegories in slavery in itself even though this is true slavery in, in this context of this universe but Shaun of the dead has some of that too where he just hates his boring job yeah and so i don't know that that's kind of the con- the concept of where i was going with it. this one wasn't nearly as flushed out but like I like Oddworld, and I think there is some scary shit in Oddworld, and they la- they play it off for laughs, but they don't. Like they fully admit, like this is this shit's fucked, and we need to fix it, and that's the point of the game. But he does play it with a light heart a lot of the time. If that makes sense, yeah. he's very he's very humble and very driven, but humble in his quest. He's like, why me? I'm just. I'm just a dude, even though he was trying to, he's like, he's like the guy. He was like bought into the bullshit the most and then not the most like, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's it. That's the, was, that was my ideas. Um, I, I, uh, I, I like the vault 22, I, but you know what? Fallout in itself is a ripe for horror. It, it really is like there's I was even thinking about in Fallout 3 there's this town called Andale and it's mm-hmm. uh it, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre I mean it's they're cannibals oh okay yeah, yeah. And, and isn't there also the one where the there was the unexploded warhead uh too yeah that's Megaton and then you um yeah you can go to Tenpenny Tower um where you have the option to explode the bomb in Megaton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that, but yes. Uh, I did play that that far. Yeah. I don't I didn't even remember where I left off in that game, but I feel like I played I played a good twenty something hours of that game. I know that's not completing it, I understand, but scratch like the I, surface. I, I, <laughs> uh I may have to start, you know, hitting some of those backlog games I've ta- been talking about playing because, like, uh, finishing what I wanted to in Diablo, aside from playing with Chance and some friends, like, I'm just done. Like, they have uncovered some of the secret cow level information, so I've been wanting to do that. We have to kill 666 cows in three different regions uh, to get certain items okay. uh, that could be used to summon the cow portal because uh, there is no cow level. I mean, it's always been a thing in Diablo and people are just now finding out how to do it. So 
I kind of want to get on, get in on that and, you know, figure that out. But I've also been playing Mario Wonder, uh, just the newest Mario game. So we'll see. I, I haven't, I haven't like really been committal to a lot of game stuff, but maybe it's a good time to get into New Vegas. Uh, I know that I am putting Spider-Man 2 on hold. I am not playing Spider-Man 2 right now. Why? Uh, well, because I am actually planning for, uh, we are in, we're, we're closing out October. We've only got November and December. So I am trying to solidify that game of the year list and Spider-Man 2 is either going to either A, royally fuck it up, or B, be an amazing game that doesn't make the cut. And I don't feel like it's going to do Spider-Man 2 a lot of justice if I play it this year, so I'm going to put it off. Wow. Uh, wow. Because there are already games that I have loved, and I am just not putting them on the list because they are not stacking up to this year. This year, as far as games for me and a lot of other people, is just insane, and it is just stacking up. Like, I know that I was. I mean, we talked about what we were excited this year, and I remember saying there was a lot that I was looking forward to, and then Diablo, <laughs> and then it's been the case. Like, there's been a lot. Like, Mortal Kombat One came out. It was announced and came out this year. Like. I didn't expect to have to play a Mortal Kombat game, and I love Mortal Kombat, especially the story. So here we are. Like, <laughs> so Spider-Man Two is gonna wait, um, but it may give me the opportunity to play some things that I haven't really put a lot of time into, or have wanted to get into, or replay, or that thing. Like, I, I don't think I mentioned it too much. I don't know if I had mentioned it. I know that I had mentioned to you and the show that I had been playing Prince of Persia Sands of Time. I don't know if I had mentioned I had finished it. And I definitely have. Uh, so I was almost going to play some of the other Prince of Persia's. But then I started playing other things like Titanfall 2 again. And got back into Diablo Season 2 when that started. And... Thankfully, uh, Diablo, if, if I can cool back on that, that won't start out. Season 3 won't be to January, so I've got all sorts of time to play other games. Because uh, that being said, it's not like it doesn't feel like a chore. Like, I fully enjoyed and loved Season 2, even though it was like a week and a half. I was just like, yeah, no, this is what I want to be playing. And I played the shit out of it. <laughs> like, a lot of time and energy into that you know, week and a half. And then here I am like, well, that was amazing. I'm done. I'm sad that I'm done and I want to do more. So I am doing more, but like, it's not like the same. You know what I mean? Like I, I have hit my completionist goal. So I am now sort of treading water, just playing with people. Like I'm not, I'm not super invested in what's left, I guess. So I've not so, uh, had a ton of time to game. I've actually, I really haven't uh, since we last talked. I've just worked really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did finish the Fall of the House of Usher, um, which was it's excellent. It's on my list. 10 out of 10. 
I do highly recommend that. I think it might be my favorite of Mike Flanagan's stuff. Okay. And uh, that that's that's high praise coming from me because I really loved Midnight Club. I was really upset Midnight Club got canceled, and we're not going to get season two of that. Yeah. But I remember yeah. you talking about that. So um, I did finish that, and I've been reading. I don't love the book I've been reading. I'm trying to push through it. It was like a TikTok horror, uh, horror TikTok book recommendation. And hmm. everything I've read from TikTok so far, I have enjoyed this year. But this one is called My Heart is a Chainsaw. And Sounds I don't know. Weird. I'm like almost halfway through the book and I feel like nothing has happened. And if oh, something doesn't yeah, happen soon, a- I think it's going to be a do not finish for me. Hmm. Fair. I was talking about books with a with a friend of mine recently. Uh, she's super into reading lately. So she's been telling me what she's been reading. And I was like, you know, I only really follow three series at all. And I was like, now two of all of them are not finished. Uh, so it's the Dritz series. I did finish that the latest one, um, which I'm not going to lie. Uh, you're talking about like nothing happened. And then like halfway through the book, you're like, okay, I mean, there's things happening. I understand the context of what's happening, but it's not exciting mm-hmm. till the end. But that's kind of his thing, and I'm okay with that. Like, it's all sort of building up towards a super big fight or confrontation or something at the end. And there's a, always it's always a build up to this giant thing at the end with a couple little things in the middle. Um, but this one was all build up, and it just didn't... Uh, I don't know. This is the first time I felt disappointed because of that aspect. Uh, as you can see, one of the cats is invading the keyboard again. Um, this one got not really in trouble, but Emery, this is Emery's cat, and she put her on her shoulder like this, and then the cat scratched her neck trying to get down. So I was like, Emery, you cannot do that. That's how you get hurt. Just... Yeah. Hold the cat like a normal cat or put it down. You, you can't make it a parrot. You can't. that. So it, I'm training my kid how to handle the cat more than the cat. Um, oh, and she typed a bunch of dots on that note page. Okay. Um, the cat did. Um, but yeah, uh, where was I? Books. So I was, mm-hmm. she, she's been telling me a lot about books. And I was like, well, then I have the. Hard, uh, Hard Luck Hank, which is the funny space one for me, and then the hard, uh, and then Dungeon Crawler Carl, which is the lit RPG one. It's I really enjoy. I was like both of them, like they're not done, but like I haven't seen anything from them. It's been a while. And then I said that to her, and I went to go look just out of curiosity, and both of them have a new book, and I'm like, what? So I I gotta I gotta get back to my book listening because. Yeah, I've got two books I really need to get to. <laughs> Feels like. Yeah, I picked up an Audible subscription again because they offered me $5 a month for three months. So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Um, yeah, I mean, for the price of one month getting three months, yeah, that's pretty good. Yep, so I uh, 
I got Britney Spears' new audiobook. So I gotta know. I gotta know what Justin did to her. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was all. Sorry, there was a giant moan from Emery. I heard that. Room. I heard it. Yeah. I was like, what the heck? Ah, she might be upset about something. She's, she's, it's her birthday today, but she's been in a mood today. Like, it has been, she was having fun when Sammy was over, but like, oh boy. It's my birthday. I can cry if I want to. She did not want to go trick-or-treating. It was like pulling teeth, getting her to go. Like, she did not want to go. And then I had to like, we didn't go that long. So Cece was making a concession of not going as long to help out Emery. And it was, it's been a juggling act all day. It's partially why I'm so frazzled too, is I'm just trying to manage whatever Emery's going through today that she's so upset. No idea. Um, but yeah, so uh, back to the plot. I, I've got some books I need to listen to as well. So I, which might make me just dick around on Diablo because I don't have to pay attention to what I'm playing, but I can still listen. So there's that. And I know as much as I love to listen to something while playing Titanfall, I can't cause it lags. It's the only game I've ever had on this computer that actually lags for me watching or listening something at the same time. Like I almost caught up on all of the horror virgin and romancing the pod and the uh, Recotopia that I listened to, almost. Uh, and then I started playing Titanfall, and then I was just like, well, I can't listen to it because it lags, so. <laughs> Here we are. Um, well, I think that's it for from, from me tonight. Um, next week, we'll, we'll be out of October, actually, because um, the 31st is Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Maybe continue it. I don't know. Wasn't a super long spooky season for us because it kind of the month kind of came and went around the weekends. Not not super. Not a lot of weekends that we had to talk about this stuff. But who knows? Well, it's not like we can talk about turkey stuff all week, all month. It's not a thing. One second, my dogs want now. Sure. Was good riddance. She had real stinky farts. Stinking me out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had the cat, one of the cats fart in my face the other night. That was oh, terrible. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it was very bad. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll, we'll figure out what we're doing next week and, uh, and go from there. Hopefully you can rest up some more, get to, get to doing things you want to do. Yeah. Uh, sleep and yeah yeah my my big thing is uh paycheck week so i'm i'm ready to to not be poor again and yeah. that'll be fun so although i i did quite better this week i i i budgeted way better 
it's amazing when you don't eat out as much how much you can save mm-hmm. so. oh for sure I cooked a lot of spaghetti and figured out the cats love spaghetti they will not leave me alone I have to throw spaghetti so they can go get it and I can continue to eat <laughs> without them trying to steal it off of my plate uh, and it's not like you, you can't hit a cat that doesn't when you can but that does, it's not very healthy relationship between you and the cat Uh, and a dog I can just yell at it and it's like oh crap I shouldn't do that cat's just like I don't give a fuck I'm doing this thing so I am doing the pick them up as their mom thing blowing in their faces anything to deter them from eating my food while I'm eating it and then it's it's a harrowing experience at times (laughs) they're young cats and they haven't learned yet then it's a learning curve for sure so, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, be sure to join the Discord uh, where we like to talk about things, but someone talked about how it was super dead today. Uh, sorry, I've been busy. It kind of was dead in the Discord, but like, it happens. Uh, but if you want to talk about games or whatever, we're there um, on Twitter, as long as it's still around uh, until Elon Musk drives it into the ground. Uh, at Hunter Pod and yeah we'll uh we'll be around next week thanks for listening bye